Oh, baby, Russ, hockey is back. NHL is back. We are one night away from LA Kings action being back, and we have so much to talk about and seemingly so little time to do it. The LA Kings roster is kind of, sort of, maybe finalized. Todd McClellan's extended. We've got a suspension. We've got waivers. We've got cap situations. We're going to make some predictions. I hope everybody gets in the chat, joins in. This should be a fun one. So please, everybody, hop in and let's go. Okay, Russ, we are here. The longest preseason ever is uh, <laughs> over, and the actual start of the 2023-24 season is upon us actually live right now, and the Kings will kick it off uh, tomorrow. So how are you doing here on this Tuesday night, the eve of the LA Kings season? Man, Joe, I'm I'm doing fantastic. I mean, tomorrow's the day, big day. This is I've been saying one of the more – Highly anticipated King seasons in quite some time, so I'm pumped. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm ready for it. Yeah, yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I think that's a good way to put it. I think this is genuinely as excited uh, as I think as I've been heading into uh, a season. That's that's for sure. Obviously, CJ's fired up. Hockey season, LFG. Mm-hmm. Uh, howdy, y'all! Thanks for spending the night. First night of the NHL Love action Noah. here. That's coming in from Noah. Uh, RB, what's up, guys? Happy to be back. Trapper Nine finally made it. He's always late, but Trapper's not tonight. Here. Not tonight. So yeah, a lot of good stuff happening. But I will say, um, I will say, Russ, before we do get into all of what should be a, a very fun, hopefully entertaining um, a, uh, conversation, uh, it would be remiss. Uh, former LA Kings head coach, um, ESPN, longtime ESPN uh, analyst. Um, Barry Melrose, it was reported today that he is stepping aside. John Butchergrass had, had sent out that note on, on Twitter earlier. He's stepping aside. He's got Parkinson. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a tough one. Our, our thoughts go with him, his family. He's been somebody, I know, speaking just personally, like I was a kid. I was, uh, what, eight years old in 93. So he was like the first head coach I knew of the LA Kings. Like he was a part of that. You know, like when I was just starting to be old enough to kind of get into it and understand what was going on. And, you know, for a while there, he was like the only guy talking hockey on ESPN. Um, So just always you can't think hockey and not think Barry Melrose. So it's, um, you know, it's a tough one in the the hockey world today, uh, that news that came out. Yeah. And it was nice to hear Rob Blake uh, before the presser even got started today. Uh, wanted to send his thoughts and prayers to to Barry. Um, because if you think about it, he's someone who's kind of mentored the guys who are managing the Kings yeah. right now. I mean, you think yeah. about Rob Blake and Luke Robitaille, that, that was their head coach for majority of their, or a lot of their time in the NHL. So it's a big part of the Kings organization kind of still. Um, but yeah, he'll be missed on the, on the telecast for ESPN. No question. No question. And from, from one uh, former Kings coach, and we're going to start the show off talking about, uh, the current Kings coach, Todd McClellan. So we ended last show, Russ, you and I, um, kind of unprompted, but we we started it with, um, or ended it, excuse me, with talking about Todd McClellan. He's in, had, entering the final year of his contract. What did we think? 
um, about where he stood. Uh, do we think the Kings were going to extend him? Um, I think you had said that it, you know, not the worst idea in the world to let's see if he wins a playoff series first, but, um, not only did the news come out that the Kings extend him, uh, evidently this happened months ago. So, uh, your take Russ on the, uh, on the extension and, um, the, apparently the best kept secret in hockey, the fact that no news got out whatsoever. Yeah. The Kings like to keep things close to the chest. I remember they did this with Rob Blake, right? And he's yeah. kind of like, Oh yeah, we, we extended him. He didn't, no, felt no need to announce it or anything. And they did the <laughs> same thing here with McClellan. But I mean, I don't, I don't really care about them announcing it. It is what it is. I mean, it yeah. would be nice for us to know, but whatever. Um, as far as the actual extension, I think we talked about it that, I mean, I wasn't, I wouldn't have been surprised if we had heard about an extension come Christmas time or January or so, if the Kings were kind of doing, doing pretty well and, and uh, winning some games. Um, as far as it being done right after the season, I guess that's a little surprising to me. I would have liked to see a little bit later on with one year left, but the fact that he only got the one-year extension, I think makes a lot of sense. It's not giving him a, a long run here, mm-hmm. or a long leash in terms of expectations with everybody wanting the Kings to do a little bit more in the playoffs. It's like, okay, we're going to get, we see what you've done so far. Let's give you another year on top of the contract. Cause we don't want to, I mean, going him going into the season with only one year left, that would have been a little bit more of like something to think about in terms of him be. being a head coach. So now that he's got that extra kind of leeway here with the, the one year extension, um, I think that helps uh, his mentality going in um, with the organization for, which is going to be an important season here. Yeah, you know, I and I didn't have like that strong of an opinion last week just because I genuinely have I kind of like what McClellan's done, but like I can totally understand the fans or other people's point of view saying, you know, buddy, we at least got to get out of the first round here at some point. So I I understand both sides of it. And so that's I kind of think I'm with you here, Russ, the one year seems to be a nice little happy medium to where it's not anything that he's he's earned any sort of long term extension. but kind of a, a, a tip of the cap to what he's done um, and give him that extra leeway here of here's your first year now with, with, and I, I, you know, his first year with Dubois and it's like, maybe Blake is saying, all right, I want to at least give him a shot at when we have a chance to get like a legitimate NHL goalie next year too. So, so maybe, <laughs> Maybe he's got that uh, in the back of his mind. We'll see. Uh, Daniel Hall comes in here. What's up, guys? And as Daniel Hall says, smash that like button. I don't care if you smash it. You can you can click it. You can smash it. You can however you want to do it. But hit the like button. It really goes a long way for us. We would uh, you know certainly really uh, really appreciate that. Green Hickson uh, hockey comes in. Kings probably have the least amount of leaks in the league. It's weird. It really <laughs> seems like they're a Lou Lamorello type run organization, which is not a bad thing. Honestly, yeah. like. That's that's not a bad thing. Um, what do you think of this? This is an interesting comment, and, is, and and Trapper Nine is not the only one that thinks this. I think Mac hurts young guys' confidence. Any um, any thought on that, Russ? I don't think he they, he hurts young guys' confidence. I think it's been more of a the organization as a whole who's like to be really patient with their prospects, and I mean, obviously. Probably Jordan Spence is a huge example, especially this season. I mean, we'll talk about the roster going into the year um, later on. But, yeah, we've seen it with Quentin Byfield, obviously Alex Turcotte too. Um, they like to be patient, give, give them their development. We've, we've heard Rob Blake time and time again say he thinks the AHL is a huge 
um, stepping stone for some of these young young uh, players, which isn't the worst thing in the world. I mean, like like the thing with with McClellan too. I mean, we we've said in the past that a lot of the problems that the Kings have kind of faced the last few years haven't been at McClellan's fault or McClellan's fault really. It's been a lot of it because of the roster that he's managing. I mean, look at the goaltending situation just yep. last year. Is what's he going to do? <laughs> he, he can't just go in there and stop pucks himself. So. I mean, like you said, I'm glad the way you painted was perfect. It's like Rob Blake's going to give McClellan the best chance to win with the roster he has now. And then maybe you give him that extra year. Maybe you see about getting bringing a goaltender in. Then you give him a real legit chance. But yeah, I think this roster right here is probably McClellan's best. I don't think it, I don't even think it's an argument. This is McClellan's best group of players he's had so far. So that one extra year just buys him a little time. Just let's see how you do this year. And then if you do well, maybe we'll have this same conversation about whether he gets an extension after this season too. Yeah, I think this is hands down his best roster. I, I definitely agree with that. SP comes in here. Blake knows Todd's time is ending. He needs time to find a new coach on the down low. Um, I don't know about that, but the reason I threw this up there is, is Blake – you know, Blake's kind of at some point here, I think he's done a nice job with the roster. We've talked about this. We talked about it last week. But, you know, if if the Kings continue to fail to get out of a first round or, or say they don't make playoffs or whatever it is, like at some point, you know, perhaps the general manager's job becomes in question, right? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's obviously speculation. But if, if we, as we've talked about, we're in a results-oriented, you know, sports is results-oriented. And at some point – um you have to have some results. And I think that they've progressed incredibly well under both of these guys, if we're being honest, Blake and McClellan. And I think it was a question that was asked by Dennis Bernstein of the fourth period a few years ago. I think it was the, after they lost to Edmonton the first time, I think the question was posed as, and again, I could be wrong if it was Bernstein, but somebody asked the question about, is it harder to go from a rebuilding team to make the playoffs or from, you know, a playoff team to a contending team. I think it was a good question. I actually think it's a, it, at the time I thought it was a pretty easy answer. Um, and I think we're seeing it. It's it's to take that next step to go from, okay, we're, we're making playoffs and that's fine and dandy, but to take that next step into being a legitimate contender, that's a, that's a big jump, right? Mm -hmm. That That's a pretty big jump. So um all that to say, I, you know, I, I don't think that Rob Blake, I think he and McClellan, maybe not they're tied at the hip per se, but I, I think Blake is also somebody that's in this conversation at some point. Well, Tom McClellan's Rob Blake's guy. That's who he picked to take yeah. over. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think you said it perfectly. They're they're kind of one of the same. I mean, this is the same group that's kind of led this rebuild ever since it first started a few years ago. So. I mean, you could probably even tie in Luke Robitaille. I mean, he's he's helping out. This is all a group of guys that have known each other for quite some time, and McClellan's kind of joined them. I mean, even Marco Sturm in the AHL. It's, 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 it's this group of uh, of uh, management that have been leading the Kings, and a lot of it hinges these next few years on on, on their success and whether they stick around any further. So, yeah, um, yeah. For sure, and, and you know, that that kind of brings us right into today. Rob Blake had a press conference after practice. Um you know, and, and there was nothing too crazy, I would say, that came out of it. But one of the things that was talked about, I see a lot of people talking about the young guys and, and the younger players. And Blake made it a point to say it was answering a question. I, I don't know who asked it, but 
about the importance of the development of the young players. And he specifically mentioned Quinton Byfield, Arthur Kaliev, and now Jordan Spence and Alex Laferriere are starting to get them their, them into the conversation. Brant Clark, like the, if the Kings are going to make that next step, they need the young guys to make big steps. Um, you know, I think that's something that, that we've talked about on the show over the last couple of years with the, the conversation about the misses so far, or at least the, the, the top picks not hitting right away. Because you see a lot of teams that win and go deep is you've got some cheap players, namely usually their top prospects on cheap deals that are able to fill important roles. And the Kings are, are starting to get there, but I think to Blake's point, this is a, this is a big year for those young players to take that next step. Yeah, like I've always said, it's like it's like the NFL with rookie quarterbacks. That's like if you can find a really good quarterback on that rookie deal still and build around them, you have a real legit shot at winning a Super Bowl just based off how how uh, less of a salary you're you're paying your quarterback compared to other QBs around the NFL. So yeah, I think it's it's a very important year for some of those prospects. And and I believe one of the questions he asked was about Quentin Byfield specifically. And before even the question was was finished being asked. He just said this is a big year for him. It's huge. I yep. mean, everybody understands, and I'm sure Byfield understands himself. He can't have uh, a year of production that he had last year, especially with in the position he's being played with. I mean, if you're with Kopitar and Kempe, Kempe's scoring 40, scoring 40 plus goals. Kopitar is going to be a consistent 65, 75 point player. You have to be looked on to produce here at some point. And I mean, I've said in the past, and I've said throughout the summer, I'm not i guess nervous or i i anticipate him having a breakout season just based off some of the statistics he had a, a really historically low shooting percentage last year i don't see that happening again uh playing with kopitar and kempe he'll be getting more looks on the power play uh especially that second unit so i, mm -hmm. I expect to byfield to take that next step but yeah he he also mentioned other players like you like we talked about with kalia who's getting a legit look who more than likely will be right in the back in that spot once he's off his suspension. Um, Jordan Spence, another big young player who's coming up. And then we have Alex LaFerriere, Alex Turcotte, he mentioned as well. So there are a lot of young players who are going to be looked on to produce for this team and kind of fill these holes, especially for with how cap-strapped the Kings are right now. Was there anything else in the press conference that kind of stood out to you at all, uh, whether it was uh, an answer to a question or anything that he said that um... – that that was noteworthy to you? Not really. I mean, to be yeah. honest, it was a lot, it's a lot of stuff that we kind of already knew, right? I mean, yeah. every, we could say like maybe Quentin Byfield doesn't need to produce. Obviously, um, what's the salary cap situation? Everybody knows we've gone we've been on cap friendly for the next last three months ever since the Pierre Luc Dubois trade was even made. Checking out what the the roster is going to look like, but yeah, I mean everything. Not really surprising. Uh, he talked about Alex Laferriere. He's seeing yep. everything else we're seeing which uh, not going to surprise anyone there. So, yeah, I, I thought um, a lot of the questions or a lot of the answers that we got from Rob Blake were pretty much expected. I want to shift the conversation now um, into a couple of things that Blake said in his conference, but shift it into the opening night roster. Okay. Um, first, uh, the first one, you mentioned Laferia. So he's he's starting the season in Los Angeles. This is you know, more than likely just, you know, because of the Kaliev injury, right. Um, or suspension, excuse me. Um, so do you, cause my 
opinion here is assuming nobody gets hurt between now and next week that this time next week Leferrier is going to be back in Ontario once Kaliev's suspension is up. Do you do you see it playing out the same way, um, or do you think there's a shot that Leferrier can do enough in two games to to stick? Yeah, that's that's something I've been thinking about too. Um, probably should explain like the whole situation, sure. why he's in the system right now, or why he's in the lineup right now. Obviously, we've talked about on end that the Kings are more than likely going to carry or only be able to carry 21 players. Arthur Kaliev gets suspended the first two games, have to keep him on the roster in order for him to serve that suspension. So he's not going anywhere. Um, so you lose a skater there. And then Victor Arvidsson gets hurt. So you lose another skater there. So now all of a sudden you're down to 19 skaters because you have Arvidsson who has to stay on the salary cap. He can't go on, He's not going to go on LTIR unless mm-hmm. he's going to be out for 10 days. So his salary is still going to be there. And like we just talked about the Arthur Kaliev, his salary is still going to be on the books. So, it's a very unfortunate situation that I don't think Rob Blake expected to have himself in this soon in the season. And, and it kind of hurt a little bit, especially not seeing a player like Jordan Spence. Maybe we'll get, we'll get to him in a second, but yeah, for Alex Ferrier, I, I mean, I guess it's a bittersweet situation for him because I mean, I wanted to see LaFerrier in the lineup. I thought he deserved a shot and just based off the suspension and Arvidsson's uh, injury, he looks like he's getting that shot, or he will be getting that shot against the Avalanche in opening night. But I mean, I was thinking about that that question too, Joe. I mean, we we've talked off the podcast, yep. just kind of texting back and forth, saying like, "Dude, Laferriere looks legit." You've seen it. I've been yep. talking about it for a while. Like every time I watch Alex Laferriere play, I'm like, "This legit NHL right wing wing player does everything. Plays physical, plays with pace, has a shot." I'm going to tell you right now, he has hands. He's got dangles to him, too. I mean, I saw him during some of these scrimmages during development. He's he's walking guys left and right. So don't be don't be surprised when you see him doing that in the NHL because he's got the confidence as well. I mean, this is a really cerebral player coming out of Harvard. Harvard. He's played in big games before. He's been with the big club. His confidence is, at, is pretty high in terms of being a young player. So, yeah, what happens in these first two games if all of a sudden he just starts lighting it up with players like Fiala and Dubois? I mean, Todd McClellan, yeah, he said, and Rob Blake too, like this is Arthur Kaliev's spot. He's not not going to lose it just based off his suspension. But man, I mean, if Laferriere lights it up in these first two games, what do you do? You like that's not a player you probably send down to the AHL. I mean, obviously it's hypothetical, but man. Like, like Holden 92 here says, LaFerrier looks better than Kaliev, and I'd have to agree with him in the preseason game. That one preseason game he played in Salt Lake City, that shift he had leading up to that goal, he was yep. Excellent. heavily involved. Loose Excellent. pucks, there were two separate chances when he was getting loose pucks, and he made the play happen. And Burroughs on San Jose was going after him, hit him with the check. Alex LaFerrier responded with a check of his own, with a nice little body check against the, the board. So he's not afraid to muck it up a little bit. And man, I mean, I think this is a legit player that the Kings have that they found in the third round. Yes, and and I th- I don't think it's a question. I mean, I I genuinely think Laferriere is going back to Ontario next week, just because. Yeah. And you, you heard Rob Blake allude to it. We'll talk now about a little bit the the roster crunch. You know, they they he knew this was going to happen. To your point, maybe not not right now at the start of the season, um, but they're. They they have been a team that I think has done this, and I'm sure most teams do. We just don't follow them as closely. But they're going to take advantage of guys that are you know not 
that are waiver exempt. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that makes the decision a little bit easier. Where I come from, my, my, excuse me, my point of view in that part of the conversation, the whole waiver exempt thing, I'm all about asset management, management and protecting assets. And I get that as you're building. If the Kings are serious about being a team that's like, we, we think we can win this thing, boy, that starts to not line up um, because, and listen, maybe LeFarrier is a bad example just because while I'm extremely, I'm, I'm, I just continue to be impressed by him. I can understand maybe pumping the brakes a little bit because it has just been preseason. Let's see how he looks these two games. Getting another bunch of games in the AHL is not going to be the worst thing in the world. I've made, I've said it, and I've made my piece with where I'm at with Trevor Trevor Lewis. I think this is uh, this is exactly what we're talking about about an unnecessary signing because if in the event everybody's healthy, you now have a legit threat, a potential legit threat on that fourth line that just doesn't exist right now. Um, but again, I'm at peace with that, Russ. I'm telling myself that I'm at peace with it. <laughs> where I and I really want to get your opinion on this because and I, and I don't want to make it sound like I'm overlooking everything here or, or, or overanalyzing here, but boy, this seems like a mess to have Jordan Spence in Ontario and the duo of England and Bjornfoot as your third pair. I understand, right? The, the, you run the risk of England or Bjornfoot being claimed on waivers. Get it. Jordan Spence doesn't have to, he's waiver exempt, can go right down. I get it. But are we not watching the same games where one of those three players in England, Bjornfoot and Spence is clearly head and shoulders above the other two. And yeah, it's the first two games of the season. It's not a big deal. It's the third pair, all that stuff. So maybe, you know, I don't want to like overreact here, but where are you with this? Because I am just, that is not player, um, player, best players. I tweeted that earlier before any roster decision came up because I was just like, I don't know what way, what direction the Kings were going to go today, but I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't, you, you lose one of your two legit offensive threats. You're only two from the blue line. You lose your power play quarterback, the second power play quarterback, mm -hmm. because you're afraid of potentially losing Tobias Bjornfoot or Andreas Englund. And not to sound disrespectful, but what am I missing here, Russ? I mean, Joe, you're – I don't think you're reacting enough, overreacting enough to this because, I mean, I'm right on the same page as you. When when I saw England and Bjornfoot practicing together, my, my first thought was, why? Why is Jordan Spence – why do I look over to the other rink and see Jordan Spence practicing with the rain right now when he's been practicing with the second power play unit? He had all those rave reviews playing in Australia. He's been featured on the, the behind the class uh, talking about how he just wants to make the team. And now all of a sudden he can't make the team just based off some other player's suspension. It's pretty much where we're at at this point. And he's miles better. Miles better than Tobias Bjornfoot. Miles better. And he's a right shot. <laughs> so you're playing two left shot players together. Who struggle on their own left side, to be yeah, frank. Tobias Bjornfoot has struggled on his own on the left side. Now you're playing them together. 
when McClellan himself just what, last week said he likes the balance of lefties and righties here. So now you're not even playing. <laughs> I mean, there was like, we were talking about just what a few weeks ago, how it's like, okay, whether it's going to be Brent Clark or Jordan Spence, one of them is going to be in the lineup. And now all of a sudden there's none of them in the lineup. <laughs> but I mean, I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's, it's, I, how is there fear or why is there fear that a team in the NHL is going to put in a claim for its price per foot? Why is that fear there? Trapper nine agrees if, with that. Who's going to claim either? If, by the way, yeah. go ahead. No, I mean, if we're seeing it, I'm sure the rest of the NHL is seeing it. Tobias Bjornfoot, at best, is probably the fifth best left shot defenseman in this organization. If he gets claimed, if he gets put on waivers and gets claimed, cool. Call up Jacob Overari. He's there. I'd probably rather play him over Bjornfoot at this point. I get the pedigree with the first round pick, and maybe the Kings see like there's development. They've put in a lot of um, patience and time with him. But man, I mean, like you talked about, if this team is looking to win now and you're not playing your best players, whether it be Jordan Spence or Brant Clark on the right side, now all of a sudden you have Matt Roy, who I love, by the way, obviously. You, you mm-hmm. guys know my Matt Roy love, who's now quarterbacking the second power play. And I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. But man, when you can have Jordan Spence, who's more than likely playing third, third pair of minutes, getting t- 10 to 12 minutes a night, and look to do a lot more in terms of playmaking ability on the second power play unit. Now he's not even in the lineup just based off. Um, and this is only probably only for the first two games. So maybe we're getting a little too, well, too ahead of ourselves here. But man, I feel like it's just, why, but, why, why? Yeah, but not point? for nothing. So look at the two teams the Kings are playing, Colorado and Carolina. Yeah. Those teams can move. <laughs> Those teams can move. Those teams can put pucks in the net. You're going to have to be able to keep pace with them. You're going to be have, have to be able to score with them. And I'm sorry, but th- that you're going to put a crap ton of pressure now on the top 4D. And again, I, I, I know it feels like we're overreacting. There's probably some people listening like, dude, seriously, it's like the first two games of an 82-game season. These guys are going to play mm-hmm. 10 minutes a night. And I, and I want to – that's where I go back and forth. I'm trying to level this, but it's like – Man, we acknowledge how tight this division is going to be. And how is Colorado or Carolina not going to absolutely feast off of a Bjornfoot Anglin pairing? I mean, I get the idea of what Anglin brings, uh, I, I get it. I don't know necessarily agree with it. Because uh, I think he really struggles to get around the ice sometimes, and I think that would be really exposed, particularly in these two games against Colorado and Carolina. Um, but I, I quote unquote, get the whole physicality thing. Um, so if you really wanted to keep him, again, I, I just, I don't know who's claiming him, who's on a two-year contract, and I don't know, and perhaps, and listen. This is where I, I have to acknowledge, like, obviously, maybe they do know. M- maybe there are teams that have kicked tires on Tobias Bjornfoot over the last year or so. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe, maybe there is a legitimate concern that they don't want to lose him. I find it hard to believe. And to your point, like, I wasn't going to lose sleep over Sammy Figimo being claimed. Why am I going to lose sleep over Tobias Bjornfoot being claimed? <laughs> I, I and I'm and I feel bad because the kid 
he shows spurts, right? He He's still a pretty smooth skater. Like, I think there's something there that maybe shows sign of competency with the puck, but his decision-making with the puck is no good. He wasn't very good in Ontario last year, at least on a consistent basis. I'm just, and I can appreciate not wanting to give up on the guy, but it's been a few years now, and it, it, it isn't close. Like, it, it, he hasn't looked the the part at the NHL level. And if somebody claims him, then somebody claims him. Um, but you're seeing teams in crunches all left and right. So I don't know. Uh, to me, it's, it's, it's as much as I'm trying not to like overreact about it. It just feels like a miss because, you know, love Matt Roy, Matt Roy shouldn't be on the power play guys. Yep. And Matt Roy would probably tell you that, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but you know, I, I it's it's just it's it's a little frustrating because the impression is we're now like window is open. Not it's not cupper bust. Like I don't think we're, the Kings are not in a like cupper bust type of season or anything like that. But the window is open. It's like we're talking about winning. We're talking about winning now. We're talking about winning a playoff series. You got to get there, and this division's going to be tight. And you got two games that. Okay, like I'm making it sound like having Jordan Spence not in the lineup means the Kings. That's going to be the reason if the Kings don't win the games. And that's, uh, I don't know. It's just I'm looking at each roster position. It's just it seems you're you're not playing your best. You're just not, and you're playing two of the best teams in the NHL in these first two games of the season. I wonder if there's a lot more to say about the actual risk of just losing. Not Tobias Bjorn put the player, but just based off the position he plays. The depth, I mean, of course. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, it's, I mean, let's say he does get claimed. I mean, Jake Mavarari is the last, the fourth defenseman you have, the only left shot defenseman you have in the line, in the organization that's played NHL games. Sure. I mean, after that, you have like Kim yep. Noisyainen, who, who's yep. probably not ready yet. So maybe there's an argument there. And I guess there's also... Maybe uh, I'll ask you this: Like, how much weight do you think they put into it that these first two games are at home? Um, you get last change. You you can you can pick the matchups those maybe. two players get. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm right with you. Jordan Spence deserves to be in the lineup, and the it, fact it, that he has to be out these first two games is just so frustrating. And we should say, like Rob Blake, can, he said today in the press conference the. The plan all was at least all along for these last little few days here. Jordan Spence was making this team. Yeah. Um, the situation. He pretty much said that the Australia roster was he hoping did. to be the opening night roster. That's what he. Yeah. Was hoping looking for. So he, you know, he he said that he was going to make the team, and obviously they had a decision to make: do we want to risk losing England or Bjorn Foot to waivers, or do we want to take kind of the safer route, move Spence down, and just bite the bullet for these two games. I know, like, I know this is not what Rob Blake and Todd McClellan want. Yeah. You know, I'm sure of it, but Blake is, is protecting his assets. He's protecting Tobias Bjornfoot. doesn't want to lose him for nothing. And I think you're right. It's probably as much about the depth of the position as it is anything. Um, so I, I get, I want to say I get it, but boy, is that just a frustrating Frustrating. Knows, maybe, yeah. maybe Saturday, Tobias Spearnfoot has three points in two games, and we're just taking throw <laughs> based off it. But I don't know if you saw the last episode of Behind the Glass that aired what, last night. Um, they had the same conversation. Uh, Rob Blake and Tom McClellan. They had they showed them having the same conversation. Oh, really? Rob Blake telling McClellan or asking McClellan, like, 
we're going to have to figure out whether we want to carry 12 forwards and seven defensemen or we want to carry or, or what was it? It was one of those or 13 forwards and six defensemen. You know, they were having that company. We'll have to figure yeah. that out. So this thought of waving, whether it be Bjornfoot or Jared Anderson Dolan had come into play and they've been thinking about it. So it's not like they were just so right on, on, on keeping Bjornfoot. Sure. This was the discussion that they've had. So I, I wonder all these pros and cons have also been out, been weighed by the management team. Yeah. And so again, I mean, it's, it's just, it's the, it's like a, just a little deflating. You're so fired up yeah. for the season. Everything's all the, all the buzz. Everybody's talking about everything, this and this and this. And you just see it. It's just like that. And you see, you know, going into Colorado, that ain't going to cut it. <laughs> They're no. not going into Colorado, but playing Colorado is like, that's not going to cut it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll it's see. only two games. I think hopefully we'll survive and yes. go from there. Yes, that's and to your point, they're home, so they can kind of control the matchups at least a little bit. So they'll probably find ways, um, probably find ways to to shelter uh, that pairing at least. Uh, checking in on some of the uh, some of the chats here, it looks like yeah, Jared Anderson Dolan, he was somebody. Trapper Nine mentions that they they did risk, uh, and Trapper Nine comes in again says he likes Toby, um, but mostly see him in Ontario. And and I don't know what the future holds for him. I I really try not to. I don't want to give up on Tobias Bjornfoot per se, but man, oh man, he just show, has shown virtually nothing um, mm-hmm. to, to to stay. So it's it's just it's a little frustrating, and I'm sure. Listen for him too. Obviously, he's trying to make the team. He's trying to um, you know do the best that he can. But I did he I did not think he looked very good at all. I don't know if it was the last preseason game or the one before. Now I can't remember. But well, boy. my question too, just real quick on the Bjornfoot thing, is if if this. <clears throat> Situation that they thought could happen. Why didn't you give him more games? I think yeah. England played most of the most of the preseason games. If I remember, he, I mean, he played both in uh, Australia, right? Yeah, I'm pretty and sure. And then he played. played. A, I believe he played the one in San Jose, and then played another one. Bjornfoot only played in like two, from what I remember, and I believe one of them was the seven defenseman game. So I don't know. I mean. Give, if you're really looking or thinking about giving Bjornfoot a look, why didn't you give him more? Of, I don't even know if he got played with Jordan Spence at all during the preseason. I'd have to go back and look, but yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Interesting. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. So, obviously, the Kings, they host Colorado tomorrow in what is the season opener. So, Russ, we've talked a little bit now about the roster um, and how that shakes out. Game one. We just talked about the third pair. They're going to get caved in. What about the rest of the roster? Whether or not, whether or not Arv- and just to your point, you'd said before. So if Arvidsson cannot play because he's injured, they have no other forwards. It is, and it's going to be eleven forwards and sixty. Uh, they would have seventeen skaters. That is how they're going to go. Uh, so we'll keep that in mind. Hopefully, Arvidsson can go. Um, Thoughts on this this first game of the season? Thoughts on how uh, I don't know what your overall view of Colorado is heading into the season. We'll touch on some predictions in the future or, or, or a little bit later on in the show. But um, how are you feeling about from a win loss standpoint uh, going into tomorrow night? Yeah, I mean opening night. I'm sure we'll get our we get our first looks at Pierre Luc Dubois. It'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see who they pick to start in that. That that's I guess the big. Um, topic that Kings fans will be looking at, whether it's uh, Copley or Talbot. Um, so that'll be something I'll be watching for. The Kings have always seemed to play pretty well against Colorado. I don't, I don't know what it is, but 
they match up pretty well against that team. And I, like, this is will be our first look. And hopefully, fingers crossed, we get Victor Arvidsson because, yeah, 11 forwards. Yep. Man. And you look at the third line, Trevor Lewis was skating in Arvidsson's spot with uh, Deneau and Moore. So now you're looking at the fourth line being Lozat and Grundstrom and then whoever wants to cycle through them. Yep. Um, yeah, if you're playing with 11 skaters, 11 forwards, it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, I, I think this team is going to be is going to be carried a lot by their the top four pair on defense with uh, Anderson and Dowdy and Gavrikov and Roy anyway. So they're going to be playing some heavy minutes to start. I don't like you were oh, talking yeah. about. I don't expect Anglin and uh, Bjorn put to to get too much time here. But yeah, it'll be it'll, it should be a fun game. But these uh, these first two games, obviously, it'll be um, electric with the two teams that are coming in. But I think the Avalanche um, they, they've had a lot of turnover, a lot of additions. Uh, what was it Ross Colton? I believe they signed. Yep, Ross Colton, Thomas Tatar, Thomas Tatar is there too. Jonathan, Tatar, Drew, Jonathan Drewan, Ryan Sneed. Johansson, Miles mm-hmm. Wood. There's a lot of new players on Colorado, so I'm gonna be curious to see how they play. And and uh, I believe McCarr's healthy, Ranton's healthy, everyone's healthy for them. So yeah, it should be a should be a fun game to watch. That's for sure. With the exception of Landis Gog, who obviously yeah. is out for you know the season, of course. But um, yeah, and, and that's that's a. Boy, is that a decor. McCarr, Gerard, yeah. Devon Taves, Bowen Byram. Good Lord, they just come at you in waves. So this, you know, this is a game where, um, you know, I think I, I'm, I'm interested to see how the Kings match up from a center standpoint, who who gets the McKinnon matchup. Um, if they, if I don't know if McKinnon and Ranton are going to play together, but who, who gets those matchups, how they decided to do that, because, you know, really with the, with the depth on the middle, this is our first look at an opportunity to see, you know, they can pick and choose who they want at home against one of the best players in the league and then figure out the rest of it after that. So I, I think this is a good opportunity and a good, and a good start for, uh, you know, to see what what happens. And I just want to say, that, you know, talking about the, the roster again, I counted Russ. Now, I didn't deep dive into any of these. It was just a quick count. So maybe some of these will be at the full 23 by next, by tomorrow. But there were 18 teams with less than 23 players on their roster. So 2021, 20, 22, this is not the Kings aren't the only team. There's a lot of teams in this spot. And you know what? Of those 18, at least a dozen of them were playoff caliber teams, like teams that are for sure going to be playoff teams or teams fighting for playoffs, because you know what? These teams spend to the cap and there's a lot of cap gymnastics that goes on. So, I know there's a lot of hand wringing, a lot of, you know, what is Rob Blake doing? It's 21 players. Now it's 20. It might not be, you know, it's 19 tomorrow if Arvidsson turned all those stuff. But it's like they are not the only team in this spot. There's a lot of teams that are in this position, especially at this point in the season, I think, too, as teams are kind of trying to figure it all out, right, as they go. Yeah, especially the salary cap not going up. <clears throat> last few years i mean if you're contending and you're not tied up against the cap then right you're probably doing something wrong so uh, the kings they should be in a situation where they're at i mean i'm i'm actually kind of glad spend as much money as you can and if that means that you have to carry one less skater totally fine with it so as long as you're not giving connor hellebuck 8.5 million dollars i'm cool so (laughs) i think it's i think the kings are in a fine situation i'm not disappointed or or angry that they have to Go through all these cap gymnastics. That's what good teams do. I mean, mm-hmm. look at the Tampa Bay Lightning. Look at the Vegas Golden Knights. They've they've made oh. almost a mockery of the whole situations. And I'm sure the Kings might have to get into that situation too. So the fact that they have to 
go through the, all these uh, troubles and then tribulations to to get as many skaters as they can on the ice, then yeah, if that's what it takes to be a contender in this league, then go go for it. Yeah, no, I I, I couldn't agree more. Spend spend to the cap, spend spend spend, and you know along those lines, another place where you can spend your money is at DraftKings, Russ. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score two hundred dollars instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. Perhaps, perhaps you may be interested on. Russ's LA Chargers off a bye, two straight wins. They're getting two points at home against my absolute hated Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to be pulling for the Chargers. I don't know if I'm going to bet on the Chargers, but I'm going to be pulling for the Chargers. That's for sure, uh, as two point dogs. But something to look at. They're 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 plus two at DraftKings minus one ten as of here this Tuesday night. Uh, so get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now use code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, which is 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-797-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas license, licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football. Terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. How are you feeling about the Chargers, Russ? Monday night at home Ooh. against Dallas. Getting healthy? Okay. Uh, I don't know. It's tough. I thought okay. the Cowboys... I think the Cowboys are a little bit overrated, but when you come off a blowout loss like they did yeah. to the Niners, <laughs> I, I I don't think Dak Prescott is that great of a quarterback, but our, the Chargers defense has never really looked that great. So I don't know. I think go okay. either way. I think the two points is actually pretty fair. I did place one bet at DraftKings um, over the weekend. Uh, I mentioned to you that I took Anaheim, their over point total, which was uh, 68 uh, and at DraftKings over the weekend, I took uh, the San Jose Sharks under 66 and a half points, uh, which was at DraftKings. Um, ironically, Russ have three futures, uh, all Pacific. So there's San Jose under, Anaheim over, and you know, you know, I had to get going. the Calgary Flames over <laughs> their point total of 94. <laughs> What was the? Well, I'm gonna to try to bring it up real quick. What was the Ducks' points last year? Was the lowest 58? 58. The Ducks was 58. Oh, and you took uh, you got under 66 for the Sharks. I did get under 66. Wow, that's 66 a, and a half. You should I just mean, cash that in right now. That's an easy win. I think they're horrible. I they're, think they they could be the worst team in the league. Then again, I saw the Flyers line up the other day, and they they're going to be right there too. But I I genuinely think. The Sharks are in contention for the lottery. 
I, I yes, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely yeah. believe that. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm in, I'm, I'm in on the flames again. I said that, so it is what it is. We're, we're about to talk into some NHL predictions, but real quick. So there's 35 of you folks that are listening and viewing, and we, we can't thank you enough. But as I look, we have 13 likes on the episode. There's 35 Uh-oh. in here, 13 likes. Let's go. People that are watching, if you haven't taken the time, go hit the like button. We appreciate it. Why not? Help us out a little bit. And as you do that, think of what some of your predictions are going to be for 2023, 2024, because that is what Russ and I are about to talk about. Who's Who do we think is going to make playoffs in the East? Who do you think is going to make playoffs in the West? Who's coming out of the East? Who's winning the Cup? What are some awards? Let's have a little fun here. Join in on the chat. I'd be curious to hear what everybody says. Russ, let's – oh, well, what's this here? Bake Junts. Great show, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Appreciate yes, everybody. Yes. OC Steve. So Cal Peterson, for those that didn't know, he was waived. Uh, <laughs> and he is currently in the AHL with the Philadelphia Phantoms. And by the way, I'm pretty sure the Flyers have three goalies in the NHL right now. So um, Cal is not one of them. Unfortunately. Okay. We'll start in the East, Russ. We'll save the best for last. We'll start in the East um, with the Atlantic division Uh, and the Atlantic division. For those who don't know the Florida Panthers, Boston Bruins, Buffalo Sabres, Ottawa Senators, Toronto Maple Leafs, Montreal Canadians, Detroit Red Wings, and Tampa Bay Lightning. Russ, who's winning the Atlantic? What is your views on this division? All right. So I'll go. From the third seed up. Let's start there. How about that? So my third seed in the Atlantic, I have the Boston Bruins. I don't view the loss of Bergeron and Krejci as a way of saying the Bruins are all of a sudden not a good team anymore. I I think it's a big loss, obviously. You lose those caliber of players. But, I mean, there's still a lot of talent there. Pasternak's there. Lindholm looks good. Um, they're really deep. They play really well. And they get good goaltending. I mean, I think a lot of their goaltending last year was just based off of the, the players in front of them. But, hey, you never know. He won the Vezina, so got to give him some remarks there. But I think the Bruins still managed to figure out a playoff spot out of this division. It's a really tough division, too. But I got the Bruins third. Um, I'll go – my second team is the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't think that the Vasilevsky injury keeps them out of a playoff spot. I I still think they're a juggernaut of a team. I mean, obviously, you got Victor Hedman, Stamkos, Kucherov, Point, and even we saw them play today. They just look like they're humming along. Yep. I don't. So I've always been high on the Lightning. Victor Hedman's one of my favorite players in the NHL. He's so good. So second, second spot there. And then first, I think it's just easy. Toronto Maple Leafs. I think they end up running away from this division. Um, yeah, so those are my top three. I agree, and I'm I'm the third place in this division is the hardest spot for yeah. me to pick because you have the the stalwart of Boston, you have the Eastern Conference champion in Florida, and then you've got three teams that are like so fun, and they're right there. And can one of them, Buffalo? Ottawa, Detroit, can one of them crack through? I don't know. Um, I wasn't, I was really close to putting Boston. I ended up going Florida with third and which is, I don't, and I'll be honest, like I'm not in love with Florida, 
Um, and I may they have a lot of injuries too at the start of the year. Yeah, I I, I kind of am, am regretting that pick. Um, too late got, now. Yeah, You're stuck. I said it. It's over. So <laughs> Florida's my third, but I, I I really think that that there's there's potential for one of those other teams to uh, to leapfrog them. I come. I'm with you on the top two. Tampa. I think. I, I don't mm-hmm. think the Vasilevsky injury is going to hurt them so much to where they can't be better than the rest of the division. Cause I do think Toronto and Tampa, like those are two separate tiers above those other teams. Um, I think Boston is still a good team. I do agree with you, even though I don't have them third here, I think they're a playoff team and I think they're good enough. Uh, but I do think those are losses that are going to be really, really tough. Um, uh, really, really tough to, to withstand. So, uh, a couple of, couple of comments here. Uh, Blake Jones, Tuck, uh, Tuck Thompson, Darlene Cousins, Buffalo is really talented. Buffalo is yeah. Buffalo could be the most fun team to watch this year, um, just in hockey in general. The way that they play, they don't care if they win seven five. Um, that's going to be a a fun fun team to watch, and so it just wouldn't be a, a total surprise if they if they do make the playoffs to the Metro, Russ. Yeah, Metro. So third team I have in the Metro is the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, it's hard to evaluate if you like with the Penguins. Like you add a piece like Eric Carlson, such a dynamic playmaker on the back end. I mean, I feel like nobody really can is gonna know how this is gonna play out. But man, I mean, I feel like you still have Crosby, Malkin, Latang. Trishan Jari, they have really good depth. Um, I guess maybe up front they don't have the best depth, but they did add Riley Smith. Yeah, Riley Smith is still pretty Ricardo good. Ricardo Cal, Jake Gensel. Yeah, I mean, there's there's players here, so I think there's a playoff. Mm-hmm. They're a playoff team. I don't. I just don't know if they're Stanley Cup contenders, but I, I definitely do believe that they have enough talent to to get through the regular season and get a playoff spot. Um, number two, I mean, these. I think. These two teams are going to run away with the division, and it's hard for me to pick the one or another. But two, I went Carolina, and one, I went New Jersey Devils. Yep, I think these two teams are the two most talented teams in the Eastern Conference. Um, like I said, I think they end up running away with the division, and and are the top two. Well, they're not going to be top two seeds in the conference, but end up being the top two point getters in the conference. So, Carolina, I mean. I really like what they do they, in the offseason. They always figure something out mm-hmm. in the offseason where they get really good players. But they got Orloff, uh, Michael Bunting, just pieces that didn't really seem to fit where they were at, but you just know that they're going to figure it out with Rod Brindamore. And then New Jersey Devils, I mean, man, that team is just so stacked. Um, I think Jack Hughes. What was that? That roster is ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. I, I think Jack Hughes is an MVP-level season um good show you add a player like uh um i'm forgetting his Chipotle. name uh, no meyer team of meyer oh you yeah add, you get a full season of team of meyer now and then yeah not even i forgot to mention to too i mean just just let's just add the calgary flames leading skull scorer up for really nothing so this those teams are so good it'll be fun to watch the only disagreement I have, um, and it is similar to the other division, it's not because I love this team. I'm actually somewhat down on them. I just think they'll be just better enough than the rest of the division is the New York Rangers. I think they're okay. just I, – I, I'm out on Pittsburgh. Like, 
I actually don't think Pittsburgh, I don't have them in the playoffs. Well, because I think everything has to go right. And by, by that, I mean, everybody has to stay healthy and Jari needs to play well. I'm not a Jari guy. I don't think he's that good. Um, and I just think if everybody can stay healthy, then they could be, they could be a pretty scary team, but boy, it just feels like there's a lot of risk there with a lot of guys. Gensel's older guys that too. He ended up coming back Gensel, but he, he was a question mark to whether he's going to start the season. Malkin has missed time almost every year. Latang misses time. Carlson misses time. If they can all, if I knew they were all staying healthy, then maybe, but I don't know. I just think they're a little too old, a little too fragile. I don't love Jari. So I I think they're close. Like, I don't think they're going to be a bad team. I think they're going to be, in it to the end, but I got him just missing the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, and oh, for, so Rangers, who again, I don't love, but with Shesterkin, I think their roster is fine. Um, and I totally agree on Carolina Jersey. Like, I love those teams, love those teams. And I have them, I have Jersey winning the division too. Uh, okay. They're fantastic. Yeah. They're, they're, they're so deep. I mean, you look and, at that lineup up and down, ridiculous. And, and I'm, I'm probably the crazy one. I'm like sort of in on VTech Vanacek and, and, and Akira Schmid. Um, I have a out on Jari, but in on Vanacek. Yeah. So, and, and, uh, uh, really one of my best friend who's, who's a goalie. We talk about this at, he thinks I'm absolutely crazy that I'm, as you just said, I'm you're out on Jari, but in on Vanishai. I don't know what it is, and maybe I'll be way off. That's but. Canada's starting goaltender, Christian <laughs> Jari. Come on. That's not saying anything. Yeah, I know. But, uh, so who, who are your Eastern uh, wildcard teams? So my Eastern wildcards are, are go back to the Atlantic. So I actually have five okay. teams in the Atlantic division making it. I have Boston for a lot of the reasons that you articulated. Um, I think, I mean, shoot, they go from – president's trophy to you got him third i got him fourth in the division so um you know i I think we are saying that those are pretty big losses of bergeron and krejci but this is still a good team well coached good goaltending there's enough there that i do think this is still a a playoff team they it's just they do fall but they're a playoff team and the ottawa senators like i had to pick one of these teams and for some reason i think detroit is a couple of rungs below ottawa and buffalo I think Ottawa is just a little bit more of a well-rounded team um, than Buffalo is right now. And I don't like the vibes in Buffalo are almost too good. And <laughs> I don't think that you may understand it just not being in this area, but it's Buffalo. Everything goes wrong in Buffalo. Just ask any Bills or Sabres fans. It just, it doesn't. So I don't know. I, I just, I think they're really good. I love them. They're so fun to watch. I love Granado. Love the team. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they sneak their way in. But the hype is too real. It seems like the hype is so high to where it's like, man, there might. What if? What if there's regression that nobody is factoring in with any of these guys? Where Ottawa's got, yeah, I, I, I kind of I like their roster. I like what Ottawa's been doing. So um, I think it's Boston and Ottawa are my wild cards. So my wild card teams are. I'm kind of with you with uh, the Panthers. So I have the Panthers as the first wildcard team. So the reason I have them is like, I'm, I'm right with you. I think it's either Boston or Florida yeah. as that third team, uh, third seed in the Atlantic. And my fifth or my last wildcard team is the Rangers. I almost was okay. 
like I was hesitant to even put the Rangers as a playoff team because it felt so wrong. I mean, you look at so all that talent on that team. We got Adam Fox and and obviously their goaltender and, and Shosturkin and um, Sabanajab, Kreider. I love all those players, but it just feels like yeah, something's not going right there. You got the whole Alexis Lafreniere thing. They're still waiting, I guess, for Capocaco to figure it out, even though he's kind of showing a little bit of flash. I don't know. I like. It, I really wanted to leave the Rangers out, but there's just there's too much there, too much there to leave them out. I, and I think they battle with teams like you mentioned, like like I think the Senators are right there, the Sabers. I'm kind of with you. There's just I'm I'm in a wait and see mode with the Sabers. Mm-hmm. I need to see them kind of show me something before I don't. My confidence isn't there with it. And I'm the kind of the same way with the Senators. So, almost kind of the same way I am with the Senators. I am with the Rangers where. The vibes don't seem right there. The whole yeah. Debrinket thing just rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, well, I think, is it Shane Pinto that they're trying to figure out RFA yep. deal right now with? Yep. They don't have him signed. Norris is hurt. Norris is hurt. Norris is hurt. You never know if Giroux, Giroux's going to play a full season. Shabbat, too. And then Corpusalo is their goalie. I don't know. And the Red Wings, I don't think they're there as much as they want to think that they are. I agree. I agree. Uh, Iserman's plan is just doesn't seem like it's working too well, and the Canadians Canadians are on the bottom. Yeah. Washington's kind of in a they're just trying to get Ovechkin off his goals and. Yep. But the team I actually really think is most entertaining team in the East here that we're not talking about is the Columbus Blue Jackets. I'm really excited to see what they do. I think they're a sneaky team that a lot of people aren't talking about at the <laughs> East, and they were one of the teams I really wanted to push in there. But I just couldn't get the Rangers out from that last wild card spot. I, for some reason, can't get with Columbus yet. You're, and I know you're not saying like their playoffs are better. And, and I think that's on that's me. Like for some reason, I'm just not excited about. I don't know why Line A doesn't really excite me, uh, and even Goudreau, who I think is a great player. But you're right. There's a lot of exciting young talent. So I really want to start to get more on board with them because there's some some of the young talent there is exciting. Uh, I agree. And it's funny you mentioned the Rangers and you talked about the way you did. I was like, I was like, I forget what their, I think their total was like 100 points or 104 points. That's crazy. And I was like, I think I'm going to go under here. I didn't end up pulling the trigger and I don't know what it's at now, but it's like, I'm with you on the Rangers. Something just feels off with them. I, I don't know what it is, but I, I got them in the playoffs. But it's like some of these teams, it's, it's kind of a crapshoot in that. Uh, in that East. So all that to say, Russ, so we've got our playoff teams in the East. Who do you think comes out of the Eastern Conference and represents in the Stanley Cup final? So, yeah, this was a tough one. I'm just going to go back to those top teams in the Metro with the Devils and the Hurricanes. Uh, I wanted to say the Hurricanes, but I think it's just the New Jersey Devils are just too good. I mean, I had, I had to bring up their lineup just to kind of go through it. I mean, Timo Marge, Hughes, Brat, Hughesier, Palat, Toffoli. I mean, <laughs> it's so, ridiculous. I mean, it's so good. And then you have Dougie they, Hamilton. How did they do this? Yoga Cena is so Luke Hughes is their one, like so good on the back end too, and he's a, a prospect coming in, but. <laughs> Like you talked about with Vanacek, I think a lot of it will hinge on goaltending. I wonder if they end up going, looking for a goaltender come deadline and maybe take them. But I think their their team is just too talented um, in the forward group. 
and defensively to t- and to lose in, in in the playoffs. I think they'll be able to run through and make it Stanley Cup. Russ, look at these contracts. Timo Meyer yeah. under nine million. Jack Hughes eight million. Jesper Bratt under eight million. Nico Hichier under seven and a half million. Like, good lord, these are steals. I mean, just Dawson fantastic. Mercer had a really good. Yeah, Dawson had, Mercer looked really good one. for him, and he's, they're young. He's young. Ugh. So, so I agree, and and this is tough because I legitimately think Toronto is is a legit cup contender. I think Carolina is a legit cup contender, but New Jersey to me is like not fair of a team. It's mm-hmm. they're so damn good that I just think they're, they're just head and shoulders better than, than other teams. But uh, that's not it. I do think in the Eastern conference, I think there's three cup contenders. I think it's Toronto, New Jersey, Carolina. Um, obviously, as we know, if you get in, you never know what can happen. But in my yeah. opinion, heading into the season, those are the three big dogs. And I think New Jersey comes out of it. You, I, agree. I think with, a lot of the talk would be the Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. What is your thoughts on the Maple Leafs goaltending situation with Samsonov and, and Wall? <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna really think I'm crazy. I'm kind of a Samsonov guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe, not not to not to surprise you or anything, but I already thought you were crazy. So it's all right. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, there's some goalies that, and I don't know what it is that. I, I just like you know what I I think he's I think he's all right like I think there's something here, so I I think Samsonov, I think the do so I'll, I'll say this it's way better than Matt Murray Samsonov oh, and Wall having yeah. like they're in a way better sure. spot, and I think that their D is good enough. Um, I mean obviously I think they're probably pretty happy to have a guy like Jake McCabe as a defensive defenseman. Morgan Riley, I think, is a stud. Brody's fine. I, think, I don't know. I think their defense is it's not it's, awful, I, but I, it's not good. They're missing a one. Yeah, I think they're missing Morgan a Riley one. is not a one. Uh, yeah, I, I like he's Morgan the, Riley. Morgan Riley is the Darnell nurse of the east of the West or the that's Eastern. A little college. harsh. I think that's harsh. <laughs> I think that's harsh. <laughs> or he plays a little bit better defense, but but, but man, no, I mean, right. they try they try to prop up Morgan Riley so much over there, and he's good. He but he's just—he's not a number one defenseman. I he's think not. that's a—I think that's fair. Like I—I I think that th- that's fair. And where you look at maybe the difference when you look at Carolina and Jersey, they have that. They—they they yeah. have those those legit number one D. I like. I don't hate their D core, like Brody, Klingberg, McCabe. I love Timothy Lilligren. Um, okay, big okay. big fan of his. Granted, he's very young, and you know he's got to like. He was fighting for, for time, wasn't he? He wasn't he, even in the lineup sometimes. Uh, yeah, because they traded for like nine defensemen at the deadline last year. So they he kind of got pushed out. But I think yeah. the decor is okay. And then, you know, obviously they're they're they've got some impressive offensive ability. But I think the goaltending and so again, look at how many playoff teams. There's a lot of playoff teams, including some cup contenders with questions in goal. It's not as if the Kings are the only team that have these questions. Hundred percent. Right. Like, like, that's why I don't. I don't get why everybody points to the Kings as their. Oh, their goaltending is an issue. I could pick up like ten playoff potential playoff teams mm-hmm. that are having issues in net. Of the teams I, that we just rattled off, the teams with steady goaltending for playoff teams: Tampa Bay. Well, Vasilevsky's hurt, so how steady is? It? Okay, because he may be out till January. It's a back issue. So, t- mm-hmm. but, but but Vasilevsky. Just well, you, did you you had the Rangers in? So Rangers, Shister, yeah. And Boston, and 
That's it. And even Boston, like we're just like Allmark came out of note. So yeah, Toronto, exactly. Toronto has questions. New Jersey has questions. Like I think Freddie Anderson's a good goalie, but he's never healthy. Carolina yeah. clearly has questions in goal. Although I like I like a uh, check. They, did they just loaned him to Tampa? I think he eventually comes back with. So them. do I. So yeah. do I. Ottawa. Corpus Allo is fine, but I don't know. That's not we exactly. We saw him perform in the playoffs already. And then forget I mean, about yeah, it. It's like, a different like, situation, but yeah. Yeah, but like, I don't know. There's, uh, just, like, there's, Florida has questions. You're going to tell me you're, you're, do you, does everybody in on Bobrovsky now? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden? Because he had a hot few weeks in playoffs? No. There's questions. And we just talked about the East. There's questions in all those playoff teams, just about. So, yeah, I'm with you that that I don't. It's this isn't a thing that's just unique to the Kings. So we're on the same page there. Uh, Central Division in the Western Conference. I'll I'll kick this off. Okay. I don't I don't know why I can never get 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 with it with Dallas, but I got to win the division. Um, okay. Probably because I'm slightly down on Colorado. I got Colorado second. Um, and I have Winnipeg third. I think Winnipeg is honestly, I kind of think they're comfortably better than the rest of the division. I don't know. Like, I think there's some teams that are intriguing. Nashville, I don't think is one that we can totally write off. Um, not in on St. Louis. Arizona is going to be a blast to watch, but I just don't think they're there yet. And Minnesota, they always find a way. So maybe they can challenge and 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 be be better than Winnipeg here. But I don't know. I, I think Winnipeg's got a you know a a deep, not great, but good enough roster to sneak into playoffs in the third spot in that division. You don't have any wild card teams out of the central. I think we've talked about not. this. Yeah, I do not. I have five teams in the Pacific. I'm the same way. So I'm actually with you on the first and second seed. Dallas, solid team. Mm-hmm. Uh, up and down the lineup. And then obviously we talked about with some of the goaltending situations and, and some of these playoff teams, they don't have one. They don't have, yeah. <laughs> they definitely don't have one. Jake Ottinger's fantastic. And Miro Heiskanen, I think he's going to be yeah. a, a Norris candidate this year. I think he has a, an outstanding year for them. And obviously with Jason Robertson, Colorado, um, I was actually just looking at their lineup and their forward group, um, mm-hmm. some surprising names, like their third line, I have to bring it back up, but. Anyway, I mean, you have some of those talented players like McKinnon, Landis Cog, or sorry, not Landis Cog, who's going to be out, Rantanen, uh, Nachushkin. Uh, you add a player like talent like Johansson. I think there's too much there to not be close to the stars, but I think the stars taken. And then my third team in that division, I feel like this is surprising, but I picked the Predators. Okay. And for a lot of the talk, but also like we just talked about the goaltending, I think UC Soros is one of the better goaltenders in the NHL and, and can end up stealing some games um, for this team. You still have Roman Yossi, who is one of the better yep. defensemen in the NHL too. So that's going to get you a lot of points and a lot of wins. Philip Forsberg. And I really like the way this team plays. They're a really physical, hard-nosed team. It seems like every time Nashville comes into LA, they always play a very physical game. And I've always been very impressed with how they play. And I, I know they lost a lot in terms of some of their talented players, Johansson I just mentioned, but you gain a player like Ryan O'Reilly, who's really mm-hmm. going to kind of bring this group together. I think he helps. And you got some good young talent, Tomasino. Um, so, yeah, I think they they could be uh, a surprising playoff team um, come uh, April. 
I think if some of those young players kind of click, then I can totally see it. The reason I went with Winnipeg, it was kind of Winnipeg and Nashville. I went with Winnipeg just because I think they have some more, they have a little bit more of a veteran laden lineup, but really like Winnipeg doesn't have a two C. They're going with Cole Perfetti yeah. as their second center, obviously with Dubois no longer there. So that's something. And, you know, to your point with Colorado, Ryan Johansson's fine, but I don't know if I love Ryan Johansson as a two C um, yeah. on a, like on a contending team. I don't know if I, I if I love that. So, but yeah, I, I can I can buy Nashville. I you can you can sell me on that. So, Pacific the Central's roughly. not going to be good. I don't think the Central's yeah. going to be well, that good. And, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw uh, credit to Thomas Drance of the Athletic. I'm pretty sure he said it was him that said on the PDO cast the Central Division is last year, is the new Pacific Division. The Pacific Division is the new Central Division because <laughs> last year it was exactly <laughs> the opposite, where everybody's talking about how good the Central is and how bad the Pacific is, and now it's totally flipped and the Pacific is just full of horses. So, um, which I thought was, yeah, you, there's, there's a lot of free wins in the central division. I was watching some of that Chicago game and as fun as Bedard's going to be that first power play unit they have with Corey Perry and Foligno. I'm like, Seth Jones. Oh man. That guy, that poor Bedard kid. That is not a good team. That is not. not. Trade him to LA already. Sure. <laughs> Pacific Division. What do you got there, Russ? All right. It's Pacific Division. Let's have some fun. Um, third team out of the Pacific Division. The Vegas Golden Knights. And this is we everybody kind of can guess who the top three teams are here. Um Vegas, I believe, is just the third team. And I don't know. It's it's hard to analyze and evaluate why they'll finish third. Seems like they always have some kind of injury problems, and I'm not the biggest guy on Aiden Hill. Like that again, this goaltending situation that we're talking about with the, it's always been so focused on just the Kings. I can Colorado, run down every, yeah, in Colorado too. I can run down, but every team in the Pacific Division and say the same thing: Can Aiden Hill repeat for the Vegas Golden Knights and be that player or that goaltender again? Who knows? Look at Edmonton. They have Stuart Skinner and Jack Campbell. Now there's some, there's reports that Jack Campbell has got it again, and he's having an incredible preseason. He's going to be the number one guy. Okay, I'll wait to see that before it happens. And then you have the same thing with Seattle, Calgary with Markstrom. I mean, Vancouver probably has the best goaltender, and they can never figure it out. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. This whole goaltending situation that everybody figured points to the Kings being the singular problem in the Pacific Division, I don't buy it. I think I would rather have – I've said on end, I'd rather have Cam Talbot and Phoenix Copley be my goaltenders if I'm paying $8.5 million to Pierre-Luc Dubois. Totally cool with it. So, yeah. Off okay. tangent, I just think I'll go with the Vegas Golden Knights uh, as my third seed. And you know I made a bold prediction for the Kings winning division. So, I'm going to stick with that bold okay. prediction. Might as well. Pick the key. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> and I don't even think it's that bold. I don't think it's that far-fetched no. to say that the Kings will win a division. I they could have done it last year with mediocre, okay, not even mediocre goaltending, with terribly terrible goaltending to start the year for the first couple months, and then they just went on this tear and got hurt for the last like ten games or so, fell a little bit, and then they fell to the third seed. So the first seed was pretty close to to the taking for a little bit there, and I think if they could just tread water in net for a little bit, they'll be able to win a lot more games and and break their franchise record in points. So I got the Kings first. I got the Oilers second. Um, I, I think it ends up being pretty close with those top three teams, but 
I'm going to go with LA as winning the division. I agree with like those are the top three teams in the division. But what's funny is it just never plays out that way. Somebody's <laughs> somebody's somebody's coming out and somebody new is going in. It just n- never works out that cleanly. But mm-hmm. I actually agree with you. I, I have Vegas third, if only because to your point, like you know they've got some like Mark Stone's. Uh, an, an injury risk waiting to happen. And that's not mm-hmm. insignificant. He's arguably their best player. Um, will this be, I actually tend to think it will be the first healthy season of Jack Eichel. And I think we're going to see a monster monster year from him, but I, I agree. I think, I think there's maybe a hint of a little Stanley cup hangover. Um, I think they're a really good team. And if they win this division, it's not going to surprise me, but I picked them third because I, I think there's some injury concerns um, with some of their key players. Second, I had LA and mm-hmm. if only because I think Edmonton wins the president's trophy. Like I just think they're that okay. good. And, and maybe, you know what, as I talk through this, because the Pacific is so good, you know, maybe that, that hurts Edmonton's run at winning the, the president's trophy. But I, I think Edmonton can steamroll through a lot of this season. Um, I don't mind Skinner. I'm not a Campbell guy at all. I thought Skinner actually was kind of quietly pretty good last year. He kind of ran out of steam toward the end of the year, but he was a rookie. He was in the Calder voting. I think he should have been, uh, not should have won it, but I think he was worthy enough to be in the discussion. And I think, you know, he's a young goalie that as he, if he, with, with that time under his belt, he got some playoff time, then I think that'll help him. So I think if Edmonton's smart, they'll lean to Skinner. Um, but Campbell's the one with the big contract. So, um, yeah, I'm, so Edmonton, L.A., Vegas is my is my one, two, three. We both have five teams from the Pacific making it, so I cannot wait to see where Calgary finishes for Russell Morgan. Do they make the playoffs for us? Who's your wild cards? The Flames do make the playoffs in my predictions here. They do. They do. They're, they're the second wild card team, so okay. they barely sneak in here. Uh, it feels like everybody's kind of pointing toward the the Kraken, Flames, and the Canucks as being those three teams uh, that are vying for these two wild card spots. So I have the Flames and I have the Kraken making it. I, I don't, I don't know or be- think there's that much of a drop off actually from the third seed in the Pacific to the to Seattle Kraken. I actually was Agreed. close to to putting Agreed. the Kraken. Yeah, I, I was close to putting the Kraken third. To be honest with you, I, I really like this team. I think they're coached really well from with Dave Haxtell. Um, I'm a huge fan of Matty Beneers, uh, Burakovsky. A lot of these good, a lot of these players kind of figured out. Ellie Tolvanen was a sneaky pickup last year. Last year, and I don't know. I, I, I kind I like the way the Kraken play. It's not like a superstar related team, but they play really cohesively, and they always seem to figure it out. Um, and the thing with the Flames. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you talked me into it, so I decided to put him in there. But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's I, I think it's just more or less the process of elimination. I'm never high on the Canucks. Yeah, uh, I don't get it with them, and then the Sharks and Ducks are just going to be terrible. So let's put the Flames in there. Why not? I I would extend your, you know, you said you can maybe even the fourth team. I I, I like I really think the top five in the Pacific are really good like yeah i think calgary is a really good team i think when you look at last year they had i think it was 31 goal losses you can't do that if you tried 
they they were like statistically one of the most unlucky teams in the league last year. And now I I do wonder because I yeah I'm, I have them making playoffs. They're they're the first wild card. Seattle's the second wild card for a lot of the reasons that you just said. But I think uh, I do think Markstrom. You know, I don't think he's going to be up for like the Vesna or anything like that. But I think he has at least a bounce back season from what he had last year. Uh, be, okay. I, I imagine I think we're going to see Dustin Wolf at some point yeah. with the team. Um, but I think what the Calgary Flames needed last year was an injection of youth. And I don't know if Daryl Sutter was all that excited about injecting youth into the roster. And I think they're going to have that that some of those young guys get a shot. Um, and I think that when you – I think they're going to play Jonathan Huberdeau in his actual position as a left winger, not playing on the right side where where um, Sutter had him. You, you inject somebody like uh, uh, Coronado into the lineup. I yeah. know Peltier just got – he's hurt on injured reserve. That sucks. That, that is a bit of a loss. Um, but I think, you know, Lindholm's still here. Backlund's re-signed. I'm a Mangiapane guy. I think it's reasonable to expect – you know, again, I don't think Uberdo's getting a hundred points, but I don't think he's getting like fifty either. So I think it's reasonable to expect bounce backs from Huberdo and Kadri. I still love the decor. Love Mackenzie Weaker. I think Hannafin and Anderson are studs. Tanev and Zadorov rounded out nicely. Like I think that's a, a really good D4. I didn't even mention Oliver Shillington. Like I still think there's a lot of good players on this roster um that I think needed a little bit of a different voice. And so I, I think that that uh, the Flames are, are going to be back in the playoffs. And if they're not, I'm going to lose more money on the Flames this year. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it was like the Flames, Canucks, and I, maybe I would say the Kings, too, are three of the more interesting teams in the NHL in terms of what or how, even how they played against. The Kings, obviously, with their huge addition with – Pierre-Luc Dubois, how's he kind of going to fit in the lineup? Yep. Um, Calgary, obviously, Huberdeau had a down year last year. He's getting paid $10.5 million oh, yeah. this year, yeah. so he's going to have to produce. Or else, I mean, they're not going to have that excuse of it just being Daryl Sutter issue. So, yeah, they, I, I agree with you. I think they needed a new voice. Uh, Matthew Coronado, I, I think, is a great addition. Yeah. Line made of Alex Ferrier in Harvard. So, they kind of fed off each other a little bit. They played really well. So I think Coronado is a good injection there. The thing with Calgary, I never, I'm not as high on their defense as you are. Okay. I think they're good. I think Uyghur's really good. Hannafin, eh. Okay. I don't know. Anderson, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like they're like good system defensemen, but I never really got much more out of them than that. And in terms of goaltending, yeah, I agree. I think, the sooner they can get rid of Dan, Dan Vladar and yeah. bring in Dustin Wolf, they'll be fine. But I, I, I've I, heard rumors that the Kings should trade for Vladar, which no. makes no freaking sense to me. <laughs> I was li- literally just about to say that. I don't yeah. know where I heard this now. I don't know, but I heard yeah. or or read. I don't remember now where, where it came from. I don't want the Kings to trade for any goaltender. No, and so, like, maybe the deadline. And then no. even then, let's figure it out. Yeah, but, and yeah, if Vladar, if if, it, if if you're talking about Vladar, 
just roll with what you got because it's exactly. the same stuff. Something had gone terribly wrong if Dan Vladar is going to be the savior here for the Kings. Yeah, what are we doing here? So I don't know. Yeah, but I I I, I think the Flames are are back. Um, there was a question that came in from from Al Smith um, about uh, Tyler Toffoli was their lead, was their leading scorer. Uh, who replaces him? Listen, I think this is a really good question, but I think the depth of the Flames is what makes them so strong. I think Kadri's better. I think Huberdo is better. I think you mentioned Coronado. I was high on Peltier coming in the season. I don't know what his injury is. I know he's LTIR, so he's been out for a bit. Um, Sharon Govich is not a nothing. He came over in the trade um, um, from New Jersey. He's not Tyler Toffoli. He's not going to score 30 goals. He's not a big goal scorer. But like this is a capable third-line type of player in Sharon Govert. So I, I I like him as a player. So I just think the depth of the team plus the decor, which I'm a big fan of, um, I, I think it, the, the, the whole of the roster, I think, is, is, still, is still strong. It's still strong. Like you mentioned, everything that could go wrong with the Flames yeah. went wrong last year. Yeah. Huberto had a down year. The team just never really was cohesive. Goaltending wasn't there, uh, so yeah, I, like that's why I I, I think it's, it'd be uh, surprising if they didn't end up making the playoffs. Well, so, they still I mean, managed despite all that. Where didn't they miss the playoffs? But like they were close, right, there. they were like two points, I think. Yeah, it was like right there. Yeah, I mean, same thing almost with the Canucks, right? You're, so you're you're low on obviously. Oh yeah, so so funny when when we when I I did the the hockey podcast network, we did the Pacific Division preview. I actually talked about the Canucks and the Ducks in the same sentence. Wow. Okay. I am, and, his, and, and, and I love Thatcher Demko, as you know, and I think where where that separation could come between Vancouver and Anaheim is I think that Vancouver, they have some more established players, obviously, like Elijah Patterson's a stud. They, they've, they've got some guys that are a little bit more established. And I, But I love Demko. I think he's a, a big difference maker. Like you said, he's probably the best goalie in the division. Um, I, I, I can't get with it. I just can't get with this roster. I don't know what they're doing. And wasn't it, aren't they, didn't they just say they're now they're taking fielding offers for, for Connor. Garland. Garland? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm missing something. I think he here. requested a trade or I don't know. Great timing, like by the way, the season starts <laughs> tomorrow. What we're doing this now. Um, Ooh, the it, Rutherford is in there, like, bro, come on. You said, now you do this. The decor, I'm not in on this decor. Like, I like Quinn Hughes, obviously, really good player. But what else am I getting excited about on the blue line? Tyler Myers? No. Philip Ronick? Eh. Carson Soucy? Carson Soucy's a third-pair guy like, on a good team. I, 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 I just don't think Vancouver is that good. I think they're going to require Thatcher Demko to really – bail them out and keep them in games i think they're going the downswing and you know we definitely we definitely don't see eye to eye i think anaheim is a sneaky and when i say sneaky i've said this before like i think they finish with like almost 80 points <laughs> like 70 which is still bad mind you i i want to i want to acknowledge yeah. that i don't think this is a good team but i think they're getting really close and i think they could be a team that that is sneaky competitive um and i i think that that they could be like in a similar spot to where vancouver is yeah 80 points is pretty much a 500 team so and i'm saying that they may not get there 
I'm a, I'm acknowledging be, that they may not be a 500 team. Yeah, I from what I've seen with the Ducks so far, I think the the thing with the Ducks is I feel like which is good. Their coach, their new coach, I, I think is a great hire by them because he's really trying to instill two way, two hundred yep. foot hockey with this team, and those players desperately need it. I mean. I'm looking at you, Trevor Zegers. <laughs> and I, I heard, what was it? I saw an interview. The first practice that Zegers had with Cronin is, I don't know if you saw the video, but he threw his stick to the corner. He put Zegers in the circle in the faceoff dot, took his stick and threw it to the corner. Said, you're not even going to skate with a stick right now. You're going to play positional defense right now. That's what we're going to practice. And I was like, that's exactly what Trevor Zegers needs. He needs a slap on the behind saying, hey, you're not just going to be doing which, which I get it. Do do your fancy stuff, mm-hmm. enough, which the team needs. You need some scoring, but that's not all you're here to do. You need to be playing a full 200 foot game, and there hasn't there isn't that Ryan Getzlaff there anymore to teach him. So Greg Cronin has to come in and teach him how to do it. And I, I'm, I'm the the things that I'm hearing so far out of Anaheim are good in terms of they're trying to teach Zegers that game because he's a big part of their oh, team. Yeah. And Really high in McTavish. I think McTavish is really good. They have some really good defensive players. But man, I mean, some of I've, some of the games I've watched Gibson play, uh, he well, just wants out of there so Rush, bad. Yeah, Russ Gibson's the problem here. He's, like, I, yeah, there's, he there's, so there's so bad. much. Well, they have, they have Lucas Dostal too. Who actually, looks pretty good. I, I, I get a little hung up here. There's a lot of people that talk about John Gibson and and. You know, John Gibson, like Buffalo, where was Buffalo going to get Gibson? Or the Kings should go get John Gibson. Like, John Gibson's not that good, guys. I don't know what all this talk is about John Gibson because I just don't think, like, yeah, the Ducks have been really bad, like really bad the last couple of years. But I, I don't think that Gibson, I, we, we can just write off the fact that his numbers have been bad because the Ducks have been so bad. I don't think Gibson is that good of a goalie. So, like, Especially at six point four million for the next four years, not a shot. Am I going have any interest in him whatsoever? I, I don't think he's that good. And like, yeah, like look at the talent that's on this team: Troy Terry, Zegris. I've always liked Silverberg. I think he's not that he's like this great player, but he's just a solid guy. You mentioned McTavish, young player. I'm, I'm. I know Leo Carlson's hurt to start the season, but boy, do I like to see. I, I just see Andre Kopitar when I watch this kid play. I, I, I love him so much. Um, and the D, I get so excited with the D. I mean, I've always liked Fowler the way he plays. Jamie Drysdale, I'm excited about. Um, like, and, and I think somebody, like, when I look at a team like this, this is the type of team that needs a Radko Gudis and a yep. Kalorn these veteran the ryan Corn is a huge loss for them to start the year it is these are the guys that are like veterans that that this type of young team needs and that's where i buy some of that stuff it reminds me of the kings years ago with you know yeah. stole and green some of these guys coming in so this is a this is a team that like they're not far i, I don't think they're very far they're gonna get better as the season goes on they're gonna start off Terrible. I mean, just not too like bank. I need more. them to bank some points here for my over. <laughs> just just tread water for a little bit. So, and then, but yeah, I think I think they'll have a really rough start to the year. New coach, new system, getting acclimated. Yep. Obviously, Jamie Drysdale's just getting in the camp. Trevor Zeker showed up yep. late. So, but yeah, they'll. I think they'll get better 
once they get more comfortable with their new coach and and agree and with the young players. I, I think that's reasonable. I think that's reasonable. All right. So who's I think we had all the same playoff teams in the West, with the exception of you had Nashville, I had Winnipeg. Who is winning the West and taking on the team that we both have, New Jersey, in the East? So the Western Conference final will feature your LA Kings and the Dallas Stars. Ooh, and okay. you know what? Fuck it. Let's pick the Kings to win <laughs> out of the West. You know, I'm just, and <laughs> I'm going to say once again, maybe I'm a little bit homer. Maybe my bias is showing. But man, I mean, this is the best roster that the Kings have had in years. I'll even say this could be a better roster than they had when they won the Stanley Cup. I'll say it. I mean, you look up and down the lineup, you look at their center group, could be tops in the NHL. That's how deep they are. And a lot of it, like everybody will say, and they'll point to the goaltending situation, which I get. It's just kind of an unknown this situation. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Maybe it does work out. Maybe Cam Talbot and Phoenix Copley just kind of flow through the entire year, get them to a playoff spot, get them that top of the division, and then Cam Talbot just turns it on at the, end, at the playoffs. Or maybe they trade for a goaltender. Who knows? But I think this team is way too talented to not at least make a run in the Stanley Cup or even try to vie for a Stanley Cup and and lead the the Western Conference. So I'll pick the Kings. I the good thing for both of us um, is because of where we have the division is they don't play Edmonton in the first round. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. <laughs> We're there. We made it. They should at least get out of the first round, and then maybe we're both saying somebody knock off Edmonton so they don't get to play him in the second round either. I have Edmonton. Um, I, I had him last year, though, and and like that series with Vegas was – I think the more you probably look at the Western Conference playoffs and you see what that Vegas and Edmonton series – like I think I don't think we're too far off saying if if L.A. can find a way past Edmonton, they, they yeah. could go, but – Boy, Vegas was so good too. Um, I I think Edmonton is. I again, I'm higher on the goaltending because I don't like Campbell, but I do like Skinner. I think Skinner in his second full year, um, I'm much. And I don't. I'm not buying. I heard the same things. I'm not buying the reports that Campbell's back. I, I don't know. I don't think so. So <laughs> it's just will they lean on him? But I think that addition of Matias Ackholm in playoffs or at the deadline yeah, last yeah. year is so big. Now they could go and screw this up and don't give him those minutes. Like it should be Matias Ackholm playing top pair minutes, not Darnell nurse. And oh, I think God. if Darnell nurse can get knocked down to playing like second pair minutes, I think Darnell nurse becomes a way more effective player. He's being asked to do too much. And it's just, you know, they gave him the contract. It is what it is. I'm not going to blame him for signing it. I would have signed it too. But, like, he's not a $9.5 million guy, and he's not a top-pair blue liner. I don't think he's bad, though. Like, I think he's a fine middle pair. Shouldn't be making that much money, but he is. But if they can adjust the, the time on ice to where Akhom is shouldering that load and, and take a little bit off of Nurse, I think that lengthens that a little bit. And boy, I think there's going to be a coming out party. I don't think people are ready for. I mean, the Kings saw it. The Kings saw Evan Bouchard and what he he torched them yeah. in the playoffs last year. But the league is going to learn about Evan Bouchard, and I think everybody's going to get a coming out party from Philip Broberg too. I'm a really big Broberg fan. He's a really, really good team. Good. Yep, I think the back end is. I think the back end's good. 
I think that I know that the depth is a question in the, in the forward group, like is the bottom six good enough? Um, and I think that's a fair question. Um, but I think that their top is so good. And I think that they can, you know, look at what they did last year at the deadline. They went and got Bukestad, which really bolstered their, their, their bottom six. And like the only thing that stopped them was Vegas. Um, and Vegas was dynamite. Like I think Edmonton is just, I think they're primed. I think they're ready. I think this is theirs, uh, their season. I think they can win the president's cup. I think that's a possibility. And I think they're the cup favorites for me. So, um, between, well, I guess there you go. I, I have Edmonton in New Jersey and playing for the cup and I've got Edmonton winning the cup. Okay. How about you? So you have LA and New Jersey, a rematch from, uh, from I do 2012. Okay. Yeah. And, and, I guess I'll put my I'll leave my bias at the door. I've gone this far, but I mean the New Jersey Devils just they're good. They're too good. It's just I have to bring up that roster again. Let me let me bring up Cap Friendly to look at this lineup because it is ridiculous. I mean, I, I mentioned it earlier, but you got Meyer, Hughes, Pratt, Heesher, hmm. Palat, Foley, uh, Dawson Mercer, Alexander Holtz, maybe he figures it figures it out. Yep. Thomas Nosek. Chris Tierney, a lot of really depth, solid piece. A lot of players that have been there before, too. And then defensively, Hamilton, Marino, Siegenthaler, Colin Miller, Brendan Smith, Kevin Ball, Luke Hughes. Man, uh, I don't I don't know who beats this team in a seven-game series. I'm sure they'll add even more pieces because they have they even have salary space yeah. too. They have cap space to add more. And they're also and everybody signed long term. Like the only yeah. UFAs they got are Toffoli. Which they just got anyways in an acquisition. Thomas Nosek, they're not going to lose any sleep over. Colin Miller and Brendan Smith are easily replaceable guys on the back end. Like they don't even have anybody that they're going to lose. It's crazy. It's they're crazy. Carrying, they have 23 skaters on the roster and they have $1.67 million in cap space. So that could turn into even more of a piece at the deadline. Maybe Absolutely. they pick up somebody else. So, I mean, I, I just. Like I said, I just don't know who beats the Devils in a seven-game series. So I'll maybe, pick them to win maybe, the cup. Maybe Thatcher Demko finds his way to New Jersey. Yeah. Or yeah, I, I think the and I think a lot of Kings fans would be happy with the Stanley Cup final. I think that would, oh, that would be just absolutely just okay. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's yeah, switch absolutely. let's let's switch gears to some individual awards, Russ. Um we'll start with the Calder. Do you think there's anybody other than Bedard that wins it? I know you're I very silly. <clears throat> What was that? You're very high in Fantilli. I know that. Yeah, right. I, I love Fantilli. I think he'll be great, especially with the team he's playing on in Columbus. Um, I think Bedard ends up winning it. To be honest with you, if like if I was putting money on it, I would just throw a few bucks on Logan Cooley. Sure. You never know; things happen. He's he's got obviously lower odds than Connor Bedard, so maybe you win a little bit more money there. And I think Cooley has shown a little bit where. He could outscore Connor Bedard, especially with the team he's playing on. He's got definitely more talent playing around him. Yeah. I mean, was, yeah, like when I was watching the Chicago game, it's just there's nobody there. Taylor Hall is that's it. So I don't know. You got Cooley playing with Michelli, Clayton Keller. Uh yeah. So I don't know. I think uh Logan Cooley will be an interesting candidate, but I'm picking Bedard. Agreed. I think um if there was a name that I would throw out there other than Bedard. If Buffalo makes playoffs, Devin Levi could have a lot to do with it. Uh, hey, with my my boy Trevor Nine here, could I find some odds on Alex DeFerrier? Is there odds anywhere for him? <laughs> if, he, if if he was legit getting a full season, I don't know. 
I'm not going to say it. A full season next to Dubois and uh, yeah, Yala, no less. Exactly, exactly. I don't think of a, a rookie's getting a putting being put in a better situation than him. Seriously, Lady Bing. Lady Bing, that's a tough one. You know, it's tough. Let's just, Kopitar. Kopitar. let's just say Andre Kopitar. Yeah, let's say let's say Kopitar wins it again. He's done it twice. Let's pick him again. Uh, so Bergeron is no longer around. Mm-hmm. So the Selkie goes to Russ. The Selkie will go to. I'm going to pick Jordan Stahl in Carolina. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think if it wasn't Bergeron last year, it probably was Stahl. As much as maybe Kings fans wanted it to be Kopitar, I thought Stahl had a great year. And the system that he plays in just really helps him. His defensive metrics, too. They don't give up a lot of shots there. They're heavy shot suppression team in Carolina. So, yeah, Jordan Stahl. Like I, like I talked about earlier, I think it's Carolina and New Jersey, one, two. So I think a lot of that will hinge on uh, their performance in the regular season and and how productive Jordan Stahl is, too. I like the shout there. I like the shout. I'm actually going to go a little bit different. I think Nico Ishier could be the next guy to have, like, just win a run of Selkies. I love this okay. kid. I think, he's, I think he's somebody that is at least going to be – in this discussion for a long time. Um, but we actually, I mean, we have to give a shout to our, our guy, Andre Kopitar, who's been right there with Bergeron over the years. So um, I'm going to at least be a finalist, maybe. Oh, right? I would hope. I would. And yeah. I would hope I'm going to pull for Kopitar, but obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Players, so. um, this is his chance. Yes. Yes. Let's go to Jack Adams. Hey, and Ooh. also, Phil yeah. to know. Of course, yeah, yeah. You know, with all these awards, like there, there almost has to be like production with them. Yeah, which is That's weird. And so, Dino it never is like never going to get the respect that he probably should. But yes, Philippe Dino is obviously a good show. Coach of the year, Jack Adams. Who do you think, Russ? Ooh, coach of the year. Hmm. I'm gonna go with. Who's <laughs> I want to say McClellan so bad, <laughs> but hey, if they win the division, if you're you predict them to win the division, he I know he's gonna get I the conversation, he'll be in the conversation. He has to. I mean, I would, I would have thought he'd be in the conversation two seasons ago when they were yeah. missing everybody on the roster and they still had a 99 point season, but that didn't happen, and that's an argument I'll have. With somebody else another day. I, <laughs> but as much as I want to say McClellan, uh, I'm looking at the, my playoff picks. Yep. I think the one surprising team I picked was the Nashville Predators. Yep. So I'm going to so, go Andrew Brunette. Yep. Yeah. I, I'm going to go with Brunette. Along those same lines, Russ. Okay. Ryan Huska of the Calgary Flames is going to be the oh, okay. is, is my coach. He 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 studies the ship. He writes it. And he gets the flames back into playoffs and he wins coach of the year. That that'll be the story, at least in Calgary, right? If they turn it around, that's Huberdo is back to Jonathan Huberdo. Everybody's gonna look to the coach. Exactly. Say, oh, look at what Ryan Huskins done. So yeah, that makes all the sense in the world. But but let's be honest, if New Jersey or um, Edmonton run away with the president's trophy, it'll be Lindy Ruff or Jay Woodcroft. Yeah. But yeah, have some fun. Uh, the Norris. There's a there's a lot of good young defensemen in the league right now. Norris Trophy 
uh, Russ. Matt Roy. No, I'm just kidding. Yes. yes. <laughs> as, mu- as much as he deserves it, doesn't get the credit. No. I just think I think this is Miro Heiskanen's year to shine. Oh, man, he's so good. And if he was playing anywhere else besides Dallas, he'd be Eric Carlson level. I mean, he's just a great player. You, A lot of Dallas's success is banked on not just Jason Robinson, not just Jake Ottinger, but a lot of it is banked off of Miro Heiskanen because I think he's one of the best defenders in the NHL. And Kale McCarr is great. I think he's the best. I think he's the best. If I needed to pick a def- best of D-man in the NHL, it's Kel McCarr. Yep. But I think in terms of just an overall regular season, I'm going to pick Haskinen. So many good choices, and I, I, yeah. To be honest with you, it was between Haskinen and my pick was Rasmus Dahlin. Um, uh-huh. But I love Miro Haskinen. I think he's he's a favorite to win this to win this award for probably a, a while here coming. Um, but man, Rasmus Dahlin last year was his, his breakout. He settled in. I love this kid. He just signed his huge deal, eight years, 11 per. I don't know if you had any thoughts on that deal, Russ, but I, I think Rasmus Dahlin is, is in this class of, of incredibly good young defensemen. Absolutely. He's my third, I guess, and finalist of this trio. And in terms of the deal, I thought, absolutely. Sign, done. Yep. Whatever. Million, right. Worth it. Yeah. I mean, I, I I figured he'd get ten, so okay, eleven. I'm not gonna lose sleep over at his age and and how good oh, he look, is. He's 22, I think. 23. Still 23, very young. 20, yeah, I I I just think he's so he's so yeah. That, you have him until he's what 31, 32 years old. They get they no brainer. They're just rich with him. Power Samuelson. That's that's a that's a good looking decor there. Um, the Vesna Trophy, Rasa. Ooh. Vesna Trophy. Oh man! I'll tell you, 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 let it stew for a second. Okay. I and and I'm going with because I picked similar to what you said about Nashville making playoffs. I said um, I'm going with Connor Hellebuck because I, I think, and, and maybe this could be an argument for you actually too. Now that I think about UC Soros, like I, I think Winnipeg's roster is fine. I don't think it's great. I just think that they're good enough. And then when you add a guy that's just as consistent as Hellebuck, I think if they get into the playoffs, it'll be largely on his shoulders. Um, so I'm going to say Hellebuck, but again, like there's some, when you've got the likes of Saro, Sorok, and Shesterk, and Ottinger, it's, it's a tough competition. You know what's funny too is like a lot of these teams that are we're picking to be top of the division, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Kings, the, the, the Oilers, all question marks in that, right? Mm-hmm. It's like we don't even know who's going to be playing a majority of these games. So you have to kind of look at the goaltenders that are going to get the majority of work. And I like I, I like the hell of a pick. I, don't, I didn't pick the, the Jets to make the playoffs, so mm-hmm. I'm going to refrain from picking Hellebuck. But I don't know. I feel like if... If he has a full healthy season, this team's going to be great. I think Freddie Anderson can run away with the Vezina Trophy. Yeah, I love it. It's just got to stay healthy. Yeah, exactly. It's only it's always been health with him. 
This Trapper team, gets it. Trapper gets it. VTech Vanacek, he gets it. Yeah, I mean, you kind of look at sometimes this Vezina pick is always ba- based off of how ta- how good the team is. We just talked about last year with Omar. Yeah, yeah, with Omar. It's just they won a lot of games just because they're good, and it wasn't because their goaltending was great, but their goaltending was great because they were so good. And that's kind of the reasoning behind my Freddie Anderson pick is you're talking about a Carolina Hurricanes team that's never going to give up a lot in terms of high danger chances. So if Freddie Anderson could just be Freddie Anderson, then he should end up winning a majority of the games, if not winning the most games in the NHL, and then maybe walking away with the Vezina Trophy. I I I love it. And shoot, yeah, talk yeah. about it. Talk about somebody you could put some long odds and and win a few bucks on. Okay, we've come to the the end, Russ Hart Trophy. Who's the Who's the MVP of the National Hockey League? MVP of the National Hockey League, man. I, you mentioned a name earlier that I I regrettably didn't write down, but I I like the shout. You you thinking Jack Hughes is that I, the name? after after you said that it's not yeah it down, but boy, I love that I love that thought. It's just like Connor McDavid's gonna okay. <laughs> Connor McDavid is going to have a 170 plus point season. And nobody's you're you're not gonna be able to not vote or you're gonna have to vote for him to win the hard trophy. It's just gonna be like that. It's that's that's I guess unfortunate coming from a Kings fan, but it's just that's the yeah. way the NHL works. And yeah, he I guess he he would deserve it at that point. Yes. Because I think McDavid as 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 unfortunate it is to hear for Kings fans, I think we're gonna see another level to his game this year. <laughs> Which is going to suck in the Pacific, but man. <laughs> and, but the thing is, I will say too, though, I I, I don't get the, the hype over Connor Brown. I think there's a little too much there. I like the signing. Yeah, yeah. Too much hype going around him. This guy, I don't think he's never even scored 20 goals. He maybe has once in his career, but I, I, I don't. But anyway, I just yeah. think David's just going to have a ridiculous tear of a season this year. I that's who I have. I have McDavid. Um, and that's not a slight to, you know, um, McKinnon or Hughes. Um, I, I, I like the Connor Brown signing, but I agree. Like, I, I think you can like the signing without going too overboard. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I do think, for, but I will say maybe what makes it so attractive is for a team that needs all the depth it can get and cheap depth it can get. Um, maybe that's what makes him even more attractive is. And I think the fact that he played with McDavid and in, in junior, there's always that connection. Dude, so. I've heard that. I've heard that like a hundred times. Like, Did, what, what have you heard more of that? Or what, what I for, can't remember where Trevor Moore is from. <laughs> so true. Yeah. But it's so funny. Like, Oh, we played with Mc, Connor Brown, played with McDavid and juniors. They're going to be so good. Like okay, eight years like, ago. Chill. I know, yeah. yeah. Let's yeah. it was like eight years ago. It's like, let's chill I'll, out here a little bit. I'll say this though, like I mentioned Jack Eichel earlier. So remember a couple of years ago, he got hurt. He was banged up in Buffalo, had the surgery, uh, was banged up when he got back at the end of this uh, Vegas. Last year, he had some injury issues too. Like this is, I think, the first year he's entering a season full health, ready to go. And man, he was dominant in playoffs and if he can put together an 80 game season jack eichel is going to make a lot of noise this year um i'll go i'll go with another american 
Matthew Kachuk. Yep. If if that team and a lot of the injuries they're dealing with, if they somehow make the playoffs and he has another year like he had last year, man, I mean, I, I think Kachuk is a top five player. He's yeah, he good. he's awesome. I think like some of the shine has worn off of Austin Matthews for some reason, but boy, is that dude good? If yeah, he's, right. He could score sixty with you know easily. So I. He, the, it's just a. F- I'm so happy hockey's back, Russ. It's it's, it's <laughs> right. The, o- the only thing that that would be that would, would that would be better, um, and we haven't. And, and it's my fault as as sitting in for the host is is, is when Randon gets back. Uh, I don't know if he'll be back with us uh, next week, and I don't know. We'll see about when our next show is going to be. Whether it's later this week or next week, we'll figure that out. But. Um, yeah, he is still, he is still gallivanting across Europe. Uh, we hope he's doing well. Um, <laughs> we do look forward to having him back though. And, and manning the, uh, manning the, the hot seat. That's, that's for sure. But Russ, whew, we put one together here. This you was, <laughs> this is pushing two hours. Hey, we we put one together. It's tomorrow, man. We're right. here. Why? <laughs> I didn't think it was worth it. Shank, Shank Master comes in, Randon. <laughs> that's that's a low blow, Shank Master. That's a low blow. We didn't need it. <laughs> Shank <laughs> Master, I, I love Shank. Love it. No, that's – and, fellas, we had a lot of people come in on the chat, and I got to say, I'm going to give myself some credit because I checked the likes after. where It, it, it was half the people that were in here had liked it. Now we're, we're over 30 likes at last check. So, so that's what we're talking about. Marketing right? goes a long way. A- absolutely. Hey, Noah. Oh, where's Noah? Right here. You guys crushed it. Thanks as always. Appreciate Thanks, it. Noah. Appreciate it. Thanks, bud. Um, amazing. RB, much fun. King's Rule. This was a fun show. It was a fun show. I had a lot of fun, a lot to Absolutely. talk about. So um, this was good. We'll do more. And guys, the season starts. Um, we'll 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 be doing some live, some live streams. Uh, or live streams, excuse me, like live watch parties, I should say, where we'll, yeah. you know we'll, we'll kick in, we'll watch the games, and we'll have we'll have some fun chatting about the games as we're watching. We did that a few times last year. People seem to like it. So, hey, we're know, undefeated in that too. By we the way, are, I think we are. We are undefeated. Yeah, and, yeah that's right. That's right. So in Colorado, we've beaten. I think we we've beaten Colorado twice. Colorado twice and Philadelphia once. Philadelphia. Yeah. So, so yeah, keep keep an eye out for that. Have fun. Enjoy the uh, the Kings game tomorrow. Obviously, and everybody much appreciated that that joined in on the chat today. The chat was buzzing. You guys have been great. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. For those that don't know, uh, I remembered to put it on the ticker this time, Russ. It has been scrolling across the bottom. Uh, hockey royalty is at hockey underscore royalty on Twitter. Rando Commando 24 at NHL Russell at JW Paterino and at Kopitar 4HOF is Kyle Garcia, who's doing a great job covering the rain. Talk about a team that should be buzzing. We'll have to have oh, Kyle yeah. on a lot this year to talk about the rain. They're going to look dynamite. So, Russ, hell of a show, man. Thank you. Thank you, bud. Good show. Back at it. King season is underway. Thank you for everybody joining in. And hey, it's about that time. Go Kings, go.